The Power Moms Network, empowering moms to lift the world. Hello, and welcome to episode five of Power Moms. I'm your host, producer Jemmy, founder of the Power Moms Network, and today I'm going to explore your zone of genius with today's Power Mom, Rebecca Cafiero from The Pitch Club. This episode is brought to you by my podcast production house and consultancy firm, Flintstone Media. Listen in and let me introduce you to today's Power Mom, Rebecca Cafiero from The Pitch Club. But first, I want to share a little something from my grab bag. Well, two somethings to be more precise. Number one, I have officially partnered my other show, Podcasting Your Brand, with the network so you can now catch episodes of my other show, which is all about building your brand through the power of podcasting because I really see the content on this network kind of being twofold. One, content that inspires you, such as what I hope this show does, the Power Moms podcast, but also content that you can learn from. So that's what I do with podcasting your brand. So if you want to learn the art and craft of podcasting, that show is now available for you right there at powermomsnetwork.com and also available now on the Power Moms Network All Shows feed, which you can find in your favorite podcast player. Now, I also wanted to share with you some interesting definitions of what the Power Moms concept means. And I'm getting these definitions from the community that we're building on Clubhouse. So on Clubhouse, there is a Power Moms house, which is linked in the show notes. So I'd love for you to join me. I have over a thousand members already. So exciting. But when you join the house, there's a prompt that pops up that says, please let us know how you are a power mom. What do you think that term means to you? And I'm going to be bringing in some of the answers to this podcast every once in a while because it fascinates me how the term power moms gets seen through each of our lenses a little bit differently and speaks to us a little bit differently. But at the end of the day, we're all going for the same thing, a community of fellow power moms. So let's hear what power mom means to April Roga. So April Roga wrote, as a mom to a nonverbal autistic teenager, I have honed my body language reading skills among many other powers. So yes, that perfectly states it. The superpower that she has developed through her motherhood journey with her child has allowed her to develop the super skill of reading body language. And that is helping her in many other things. So well done, April. And we also have a really awesome answer here from Nika Saint. She writes, as a military wife, okay, first and foremost, <laughs> this is Jemmy speaking here, <laughs> out of quote, first and foremost, that kind of is the end of the sentence. That That's all you need to say. <laughs> as a military wife, period. <laughs> but she does go on. As a military wife, I handle the household with grace, care, and nurture my children and pour into them as I give them room, confidence, love and support to become their better selves while understanding my goals are important to reach so they see and understand that you make time for what you want and you can with discipline and determination. Knowing I'm a mother who never has to say I put anything on hold because of my kids makes me a power mom. And that reminds me so much of the interview with Carly Cossey from episode one, that we shouldn't lose ourselves through our motherhood journeys. We should find ourselves through our motherhood journeys. So Nika, that was beautifully said. And Elizabeth Bates writes, as a mom, we wear many hats as needed, a doctor, 
therapist, cheerleader, and chef, just to name a few of my superpowers. This makes me a power mom. Balance and agility. Amen, Elizabeth. We definitely need balance and the ability to be agile as we pivot ourselves because uh, motherhood is unpredictable. <laughs> All right, three more really awesome answers here for you. Tamika Dowd, she says, I'm a power mom because I work to better myself every day and in every way while raising five other humans to do the same. This was short and sweet and perfectly to the point. Because yes, the more that you can better yourself, the better example you'll be for your kids to better themselves. Awesome answer, Tamika. Mary F. says, it's a privilege to have any part of the next generation, as well as future generations to come. And oh my gosh, yes, this resonated with me so much because I remember that moment, this mental shift that happened when my son was born into the world and you realize that you now have this tether to the future and this thing called a legacy that you can leave for them. And what a powerful and amazing and beautiful opportunity that is to impact future generations. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. And one more final answer I want to share with you today comes from Monique Holmes. She writes, I am a mom of two beautiful brown boys. I am a wife. I am an educator, entrepreneur, blogger, chef, product creator, and in the process of working on my second master's degree. Okay, coming out of quote here, Monique. Woo, my goodness, someone get her like a towel and a spray bottle for water. This woman is running this race like a champ. Okay, back in quote. <laughs> <laughs> she continues, the term power mom means strong, fearless, dedicated, motivated, and determined. Thank you so much for this invite. I look forward to connecting with other powerful women. So yes, on Clubhouse, I sent a bunch of invitations out to my connections on that app and got some incredible power moms to join the power moms house on Clubhouse. So if any of these answers resonated with you, come on into Clubhouse and join the fun. We meet on a regular basis every single Wednesday to either discuss what power mom means to you or for one of our power networking hours. So there's going to be a lot more that comes on as we gain more leadership and more members in our community. We're going to start to have other rooms also throughout the week. So join in this Power Mom movement. And the easiest way is right there on Clubhouse. So what does the term Power Mom mean to you? When you join us on Clubhouse, be sure to let us know. All right. Now I want to introduce you to today's Power Mom, Rebecca Caffiero from the Pitch Club. I had the pleasure of meeting her at the Mom 2.0 Summit in Scottsdale in May. And this was the last interview that I recorded while I was there. And I cannot wait until the next Mom 2.0 Summit because the energy was amazing and I met so many amazing mothers like Rebecca. She combined her corporate background with her motherhood superpowers to create an amazing community of her very own, helping others to develop success through podcasting. Hmm, that sounds familiar to somebody I know, uh, me. <laughs> and also that allowed her to find her own independence. So Let's meet Rebecca Cafiero. All right, I am here at the Mom 2.0 Summit with the very first woman I had the honor of seeing speak, Rebecca Cafiero. She was, well, she was the second speaker in the first presentation I saw, to be fair. <laughs> 
Shout out to Sarah Dean. And this is great timing because I'm about to do my panel, which is going to close out the whole thing. So thank you so much, Rebecca, for joining me today. And you had an amazing presentation. First, before we get into what I want to talk to you about, your superpower of motherhood, what was your presentation about? Because it was something that a lot of podcasters are like, yes, tell me how to do this, please. (laughs) So the title was How to Create Six Figures Podcast Guesting or Six Steps to Creating Six Figures. And it was really about monetizing being a podcast guest versus a podcast host. And I love that. And I forgot to tell you this after I spoke with you because the very first presentation, I started this in 2014. So I had to like evangelize what podcasting even was. And the very first presentation I did was how to be a great host. And then the second half was how to be a great guest. So I was like, oh, I'm in my room. You cannot monetize if you're not a great guest. You don't bring a ton of value. There you go. There you go. All right. So let's get back to you, my dear. All right. So tell us about your brand and how you've built it and what the inspiration for building your brand, where it it even came from. Oh my goodness. So um, I was a journalist by Mm -hmm. trade. Mm -hmm. That's what I went to school for and love telling stories. And then I said, you know what? I maybe have to have a bartending job to support my journalism (laughs) habit. So I ended up going, you know, at the tender age of 23 into corporate America. And I was there for more than a decade and worked my way up through sales and marketing to a VP of sales and marketing zone of excellence, not my zone of genius. Mm. And I ended up becoming... Wait, I want to pause there for a second because sometimes that happens to a lot of us. Zone of excellence, not zone of genius. So your zone of genius (laughs) is usually where you're in flow. It's where you're excited. And so if you're doing something and your mind is wondering to something else, you're not in your zone of I, genius. Thank you for saying that. That zone was so and it's, it's like It's like quicksand though because your zone of excellence is where you typically get validation. You're mm-hmm. usually paid really well. People mm-hmm. are like, you're great at this. Yes. So it can be hard to follow that like inner voice that yes. says, but wait, there's yes. something bigger and yes. greater for you. Yes. Okay. So when you saw that in yourself, mm-hmm. when you recognize that you were in your zone of excellence, but not necessarily your zone of genius, how did you decide that, okay, it's it, I'm going to pivot and it's okay to pivot? Well, it was not that clean. Yeah, um, <laughs> it never is. You know, it was. But but no, what I did is I had started business coaching on the side. Yeah. And I loved it. And I was in a very male-dominated industry. And I started you know, business coaching female business owners. And so I was able to build a side hustle before I left my job. And so I started doing that in 2015, 16. And after about two years, I was like, you know what? I mean, I was doing well. I was making six figures. But it was still a bit of a step down from mm-hmm. what I'd been earning in corporate. I'm like, how can I build more credibility, more visibility, new eyes on me, and then ultimately like more money, right? Because while we all want to do what we love, we also want to be paid well at it, which often is the problem I see with like people that are following their purpose is they're not making a profit. Yes, 100%. And it's all about, we're not trying to do charity work here. We're trying to build a business that we can give back properly. Yes, I always do. Oh, I stole it from you. I stole stole it from you. (laughs) I was like, let's make a lot of money and then be able to write big checks with our hearts. Yes, yes. To whatever we're passionate about. So I decided I was going to look at getting PR. Mm -hmm. I mean, from the other side of journalism, I understood that if you were mentioned in, you know, a a publication or if you were on TV, that that grew credibility. And so I went out and looked at doing PR and I was like, wait a second, it's $30,000 for six months. I got three different quotes and they couldn't promise me a result. Mm -hmm. And with having a sales and marketing background, the biggest thing I looked at, well, two things. One is if they get me a result, it stops the moment I stop paying for it. It's not sustainable. Right. And the second thing is, even though they were promising visibility, they couldn't promise any bottom line mm-hmm. change, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, this just, I don't think I'm going to do this. So I didn't. Okay. But what I did is I started, I self-studied mm-hmm. and I went out there and like I failed forward for about the next two years. And in that first year, 
I had 20 national features or mentions in oh national publications. And that's when I started doing first podcast, which this is like 2017. Yeah. So podcasts were still Very pretty new. new. Yeah, yeah. And I did a couple of podcast guest spots knowing nothing, like doing it all wrong, not what I teach today. <laughs> and I had a couple of clients that came from those. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait a second. Yes, I got featured in, you know, Reader's Digest and U.S. News and Women's Health. And that looked really great mm-hmm. on my website mm-hmm. and on my social media. But no one ever said they saw me there. It did create credibility to help sure, me like, of course. validate my rage right. or shorten the Positioning. Yeah. Positioning. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I call it. Mm-hmm. We speak the same language. <laughs> but with the podcast, the difference is, is they're not just seeing you. Yeah. They're hearing you. Yes. It's, it's not like social media. I say social media is not visibility. It's nurture. Mm-hmm. People on social media, you know, maybe interact with you a minute or two a day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if they're new, they see you for three seconds. Right. But if someone's listening to you on a podcast or a speaking engagement, right. it's usually 20 to 40 minutes. Right. You're a heck yes or a heck no. And I saw that start to work. And so I just leaned more into it. And I like got really curious and I started seeing what worked and, and I started, you know, studying like what is in a good talk or yes. what is in a good speech and like yes. starting to ensure those components. And then what changed the game, and I shared a little bit about this. I mean, I shared about it in, mm-hmm. in the, seg- the session you came to is there's a lot of people that realize podcast guesting is something they should do. Mm-hmm. And they're like using it to get followers. Mm-hmm. They're like, I want to leverage, you know, the host followers. But they're not offering the listener, I call it a listener gift, mm-hmm. which is like an email freebie or a downloadable, mm-hmm. which helps you capture that listener onto your email list. Right, right. And they brings hot. them into the fold. <laughs> exactly. And then you can nurture them. Because if they right. go to your social, unless they like just binge the heck out of your content and they drop into your DMs, which is, is rare, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then they're most likely never going to see you again. See, this is really interesting because you've talked about how you've pulled some things from your journalism background and your corporate life and everything else. And you parlayed it as you pivoted into what you're doing. And you use that to help and assist your instinct to say, you know, this isn't quite the option that I want to go for with these PR firms. I'm going to do this, that and the other. And you figured it out for yourself, which is very impressive. So clearly you've taken some stuff from your corporate background and brought it in. But what have you taken from your mothering journey that has helped give you superpower wings for this journey? Yeah. I mean, the corporate background is, yes, reverse engineering or like doing market research and, you know, optimizing all of that. But for my motherhood journey, I think the biggest thing is to understand that like what works now isn't necessarily going to keep working. Oh, yes. The same things I used to discipline my three-year-old don't work when he's 11 anymore. Yeah, exactly. As soon as like (laughs) our kids were like, oh my gosh, we got to figure it out. Like I got bedtime down or I've got this down. Like a month later, it changes, changes. right? And business is the same. So I think Mm -hmm. being really flexible. Mm-hmm. They're like, yes, we may still be the same type of parent, right. but we're going to need to tweak our strategies, our approaches, yes. our messaging. Like that's the same exact thing in business. Oh my gosh, this is so true. And I never really thought about it that way, but you're right. There's a lot of ways that I've shifted how I speak to my son over the years, how I approach him to do things, how I motivate him to do things, how I think that he's self-motivated, but I really put the bug in his ear, but he thinks he came up with the idea. How do I do all that has evolved over the years. And that is a skill that we take as mothers and we and now you can parlay it when you're pivoting anything else you do in your personal relationships your business everything like that and actually in like six months ago I took a deep look at my company I said we need to offer slightly different services repackage some things and that being comfortable with that shift takes the experience of having done it before whether in business or in life as a mother I call that the pivot with purpose there's a reason right the second thing and I, I now I think it's three the second thing is is deep connection 
like nothing will replace deep connection, mm-hmm. right? So yes, all the parent apps, all of the things, like all of the, all the things, there's so many things out there we're constantly being bombarded with, right. right? And a lot of things are great, but there's nothing like connecting with our child. Right. Right. And it's the same thing in your business. Like I tell people, you know, yeah, you know, people do Instagram ads or Facebook ads or whatever, but like nothing beats true connection. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love podcasting and speaking is because you have the time to connect with someone. Yes. Right. You're being vulnerable, which also works as a parent. Yes. Right? You're letting them know like what you feel. You're ideally like, like you, you're teaching something with a feeling attached. Yes. And you're giving them a call to action. I mean, that's, that's, I'm giving you like the recipe for a great speech. Or sure. Great sure. But, but it's the same thing with our kids. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, I'm feeling this. And here's what I want you to understand. And here's what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. There's a lot of communication lessons that we learn in our parenting. A lot of sales lessons, actually. And I, okay. I'll share something that just happened about 10 minutes ago. So I was at walking the vendor area and someone offered me two popsicles. I could only eat one, right? So there was a father walking around with his little boy. So I, I asked, I addressed the father. Okay. I'm not going to be the creepy lady asking the, <laughs> asking the kid, but I addressed the dad. Does his kid want my other popsicle still wrapped you know whatever whatever the kid is looking at me like i have 15 heads because he doesn't know me he doesn't know me so he doesn't know that he can like me he doesn't know that he can trust me and so guess what he said no to a popsicle that was would have been just what he wanted but because i skipped over the whole no like trust thing right and so that is a lesson that we can carry to ourselves when we're talking about our clients and our customers and our potential partners like there's a nurturing process that has to happen and that happens like in a very short time frame with speaking where you're heard, someone can hear you. They can like hear the emotion. They can feel you and you become like a heck yes or heck no really fast. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. So you said that there were two things that you said so far. There are three, three. Mm-hmm. number three. So number three is like focus on what you're excited about. This just might be like, I'm an Enneagram seven. I'm a human design generator, <laughs> but I have learned, especially in this year, like as my business has grown and there's so many opportunities, which is my kryptonite and my, and my superpower, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. opportunity to everything is I have learned that if I want to do something and I ask myself, why do you want to do this? If it's because I can or should, or it's a good idea, that's actually a no. Mm. If it is not something that I feel like called, soul connected, and so excited about, it's a no. And I think the same thing with our kids. There's often like so many things that we feel like we should try or we should introduce our kids to, right? Or even like when when we're putting our kids into summer camp. I always tell my son, there's so many options. I'm going to let you know what they are. But we're going to focus on what you are excited about because yes. I have found he loves football and baseball. He will run out the door for those. Like, like last week was his first game. He was in my room at 640 AM, fully dressed in his flag <laughs> Ready to go. at 7 AM. Like, can we throw before the game? Can we throw after the game? Right? So it's so much easier if you're excited, like yes. you're going to run towards something yes. versus when I try to put him in soccer and it was like a kicking freaking fight. And I was like, okay, let's not do this thing. Right. So even in business, right? I, when, when someone says like, how oh, I need to do this in marketing, but I'm like, uh, like you are going to procrastinate and waste so much time and mental space. Mm-hmm. What are you excited about instead? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's why, again, going back to like why I love podcasts and speaking is most business owners love speaking about their business. Mm-hmm. They love sharing like value. So go do the thing that you're excited about and lit up about. Follow that because you will be pulled towards it. You'll get in flow. You'll be so much more productive and effective and magnetic versus doing the things that you feel like you should do. Those are things you should automate, delegate, or delete. 100%. And in in parenting. Yes, yes. And in parenting. And in there's a lesson about putting things down that no longer serve you. Sometimes that's the pivot. It's not just not picking things up that don't serve you. Releasing obligations. Yes, yes. yes, 100%. So there's so much. Oh, my gosh. I feel like we just scratched the 
surface on what I could talk with you about in terms of your parenting superpowers and how they have affected your business and everything. But I'll end with this one question. Go for it. What lesson do you hope your son is learning as he watches you make these moves Mm. and be brave and be bold? And be you. Oh, my son and my daughter. My daughter is like, watches everything. (laughs) My daughter's four. The lesson. Here's the, maybe the non-obvious one is like being a good human being. Mm -hmm. Right. And quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. And that's something I want my children to see. Also experience. Like at the end of the day, we can make more money. We can't make more time. Yes. We can't create more experience. And I went through the, um, the 2008 real estate recession when I was in real estate and lost $2 million in two years. Would not say lost. I know where it went. But the point was, is I took none of the assets, the stocks, all those things I'd worked so hard for, for years. But what I took is I took the experience with me. There you go. My knowledge and my understanding. And so I think really focusing as a parent on the experiences. So this next month in June, I'm taking my children to Italy for two weeks. Oh my God. And we're focusing on the experience, not just like, what else can we pack our calendar with? Right. What are the, all the other do's? But like, right. really, how do we focus on being? Right. At the end of the day, that's what life really is exactly. about. Exactly. It's about mm-hmm. like, how do we show up as a human? We're human beings, not human doings. Oh, I love that. Say that one more time. We are human beings, not human doings. So we need to stop shooting all over ourselves. <laughs> and I and that. I think the, the last thing, and, and this is something that kids actually do really naturally because they only do what they want to do. Yeah. That we as adults don't do a very good job. In fact, we do a terrible job is well, we're just packing our schedules with too much with obligation, not like checking mm-hmm. with ourselves. And I think that we were really going through this shift right now in 2023 energetically where, yes, we always want to make money, right? Like, like let's be real. We always want to make money to yeah. create experiences. Yeah. We, we want to be fastidious in our calendar of what we do is to create the spaciousness outside of like our working hours to have time and resources and, yeah. and choice. Yep. But the new currency is not tripling our revenue. It's not even about scaling anymore. The new currency is spaciousness. Right. It's like, how can I do more or be more right with doing less right and get that time back because it is the exactly. most precious thing and creating room in our lives for magic so how can people continue to find follow and support everything that you are doing social media at rebecca cafiero r-e-b-e-c-c-a c-a-f as in frank i-e-r-o and my website rebecca and if you go there and you're like excited about the ideas of podcast guesting that we just barely touched on yeah i've got some amazing pitch templates that are going to make you irresistible, whether you're pitching to podcast or to TV or to speaking engagements or, or what else? Any, or anything, anything else, really anything. anything. Else. <laughs> yes. And of course you can find my podcast, which is called Becoming You. And it's both, you know, really personal growth and optimization as well as some great business nuggets and Well, it has been phenomenal getting to know you over these last few days and then having you share the microphone with me. Thank you so much, Rebecca. It's Thank been a you. Joy. <laughs> What a wonderful conversation with Rebecca. Oh my goodness. She was a force and I was so excited to get to meet her and chat with her. And what she said about your zone of genius really, really, really hit home. And I want to share the story of when I moved from my zone of excellence to my zone of genius because I was reminded about this. It popped into my head during the clubhouse room today. It's I'm recording this on Wednesday on the day this episode comes out because I wanted to feel out the room and have it kind of inspire what I shared on the microphone. And it worked. I'm so glad I paused the recording because what I wanted to share was this story. So 
way back in the day when I first started my business, Flintstone Media, it started because I discovered this latent capacity that I had to move people through digital media. I didn't know I could do that. And I was like, oh, this is neat. Let me build a business doing that. So I did. But I realized that part of the bread and butter of digital marketing is website design and development. And that was my weak spot. So in an effort to make it my strong suit, I decided to work for a gentleman named Jeremy Pound, who had a company at the time called Juicy Results. Yes, Jeremy Pound, Juicy Results, insert your joke here. (laughs) So, So I went to work for him and I learned a lot about website design, website development, SEO, and all of that jazz. It was a really, really powerful mentoring experience. And I'm very proud to say he's a very good friend of mine to this day. He's like a brother to me. But here's the thing. While I was working for him, he was starting to change his business from a website support company into a CRM support company. And one day he walks into my office. I call it that, even though (laughs) just because the the business had been whittled down enough by that point that I was the only one in the room. So I called it my office. So he walks into my office and he says, hey, okay, about a month from now, I'm going to be getting ready to turn the lights off on this side of the company with the website design development and turn the lights on on the CRM stuff. And I love working with you. You're phenomenal. Something like that. I'm sure I'm quoting him exactly. (laughs) But he said that he really wanted me in with him on the ground floor. He knew that I could do big things and he wanted me along for the ride while he did big things. So it was an incredible offer that he was putting in front of me. But then he kept talking and he said, but Jemmy, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you what's really on my heart. He's like, I don't see you light up like you do when you're talking about podcasting. It's like your eyes get so big. It's obvious how passionate about it you are. You should build your company on podcasting. You should switch it from digital marketing to focusing on podcasting. And I paused while I'm sure I was giving him a look like he had suddenly sprouted 14 heads. (laughs) And I said to him, um, Hardly anyone knows what a podcast is because this was 2014 and or somewhere around there. And whenever I would say I have a podcast, half the time, the immediate response was, what's a podcast? So how the heck was I supposed to build a podcast production company with no demand, (laughs) let alone even awareness, right? (laughs) But he, and and that's what I said. I said that to him, but he said to me, if anybody can do it, Jemmy, you can. And what, I don't know if he really knew what he's doing, at least not in the terms that Rebecca put it, but I know now what he was doing. I was really good at my job, really, really good at it, really good at digital marketing, really great at websites. I worked well with the clients. I knew data analytics. I could bring that into it for reporting, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) But that was my zone of excellence. And he was moving me into my zone of genius, which was podcasting. And let me tell you, Once I did that, it felt scary. (laughs) It felt scary because I was like, whoa, what am I doing here? But also so darn good and so right. I knew exactly, exactly where I was supposed to be, exactly what course I was going to be headed down and exactly how to do it. Like everything started to make sense and it started to feel so right in my blood, in my skin, in my bones, in my everything. I knew it was what I was meant to do. It was my zone of genius. 
And part of the reason why this is so front of mind and so special for me to be sharing with you today is because the proof is in the pudding. So just this last weekend, I flew to Chicago with Jeremy (laughs) because he had introduced me years ago to a friend of his, Mark, who was starting a podcast and needed some help. Jeremy introduced us. I launched his podcast with his co-host, Tom, and I've continued to produce this podcast for them with my amazing team. And we flew up to Chicago because they were having a big, huge party to celebrate their 300,000th download and to basically celebrate owning (laughs) Chicago real estate investment markets. Like, it's amazing to see what this crowd was that they had built. And it was also pretty cool because I had another client, who, another client show called Records in Real Estate. And Andrew and Karen are also from Chicago. And so I asked them to come. So they came to the event. And I currently have a show in development for Jeremy. So within this one space in Chicago, a place I do not live, <laughs> I was celebrating and having a wonderful party with three different clients of mine. And I was so in my zone. I was in my zone of genius. And the proof was in the pudding. And it was everything I needed to give myself permission to never have imposter syndrome again. And it felt so, so good. And I want that for you. So what is your zone of excellence versus what is your zone of genius? Which are you living in now? Which should you be leaning into? Your zone of genius. And how do you get there? Honestly, it's just one brave but scary step at a time. And it is so worth it. Thanks for joining in today. I hope today's conversation with Rebecca helped to inspire and inform you to find your own zone of genius on your Power Mom path. Be sure to head to PowerMomsNetwork.com to join our mailing list. Connect with other Power Moms also on Clubhouse as well. You'll get to connect with all the wonderful ladies I quoted earlier in the episode. And while you're at PowerMomsNetwork.com connecting with everyone, you'll learn how to parlay your own superpowers into success. Connect with me and the Power Moms team by emailing us at powermoms at flintstonemedia.com or connecting with us on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, of course, Clubhouse, and also YouTube. You can find us on all the things except for Clubhouse, we're just Power Moms, but everywhere else as Power Moms Unite. And as a quick reminder, if you do have a podcast that is not really performing like you want it to, if it's kind of flopped and failing and you want to take it to fixed and fabulous, you can connect with me to do a small group setting workshop live. It is a lot of fun. Just go to toppodcastworkshop.com. All right. It is producer Jemmy signing off for now. Remember, you are a power mom. So let's parlay your parenthood superpowers into success. Thank you.